you're interested in leadership and you want to lead as your most authentic self, this is the podcast for you. This is a show that breaks down the concept that leadership is complicated. Well, I'm going to let you in on a secret. It's not. I believe that it's an exchange of energy between two people. I want to create conversations for emerging and experienced leaders to come together and discover a new way to lead from the inside out. You already have everything that you need to be an exceptional leader. What we will uncover is the power of human connection and understanding how we are hardwired to seek out a true sense of belonging. So come join me. Let's create a community of leaders that are ready to challenge the status quo and who value human connections more than bottom lines. Hey everyone, it's Michelle. I hope you've had a great week. It's great to be back and sitting down with you as always for this time we have together. This week I want to talk a little bit about leading by example by way of emotional intelligence. Uh, I, this past week I've, I've traveled quite a lot and I've had to have a lot of really difficult conversations with leaders and um, their employees and I realized how important it was during those conversations and then after reflecting on those conversations on how important it was that I had a really strong understanding of emotional intelligence and how I was holding space for other people. So I thought it might be an interesting podcast episode for us to just chat a little bit about. So I think that leading by example is through culture and employee engagement, and that those are really top priorities for all leaders and and how you lead. Because I believe that leaders who empower culture create the best employee experience. And I've always said that we spend so much time trying to create the best customer experience. And I argue that if we spent more time focusing on the employee experience, that our customers would in fact get the best service that they could possibly get because our employees are so happy. They are motivated to do well at work and to create a good experience for others. Having authentic and honest communication from leaders is what connects people's heads and their hearts and their hands together. And when you align your purpose with your culture, it's then about defining and embodying the values that are going to guide your organization or you as a leader towards your purpose and delivering the tools to people that they need to do their job well and to start creating habits that will allow them to live out their purpose, not only in the work they do every day, but then also in their personal life. So emotional intelligence is like a massive topic that we could literally spend days talking about. We'll just scratch the surface here today. The way I define emotional intelligence is that it's really, I believe, about putting yourself in the shoes of others by being aware of how your words resonate and what feelings are evoked and then how your actions are perceived by other people. So there's so much information on emotional intelligence. However, if this is a new topic for you or you've never heard this or you're not familiar with it, I'm going to go through eight ways that you can help yourself to develop your own emotional intelligence. There's a lot of other ones, but these eight seem to come up in all of the research that I've done. So the first one is understanding your triggers. 
We talked about this last week. So a trigger is an experience that will bring you back to a past experience. It can cause old feelings and behaviors to come up for you. To develop emotional intelligence, you are required to be mindful of when you're feeling a certain way and what it was that caused your emotions and why you might be feeling the way you do. So the suggestion here is that you just take a minute and think about how and what you are about to say and how that might be heard or perceived by another person. Because sometimes saying nothing at all in uncomfortable situations is much better than saying the wrong thing. The second thing is asking for feedback. I do this one a lot. I ask for feedback from others that I feel really comfortable receiving feedback from. And that's a great way to start this process because it can be really uncomfortable to hear things that people say that aren't always really nice. But if you're going to ask for feedback, you have to expect that sometimes you're going to hear things you don't want to hear. When you make a habit of doing this on a regular basis, though, it really starts to feel more comfortable and more natural. And it helps you also understand that people are really just trying to be uh, helpful and help you develop an EQ. So the other thing you can do is actively listen. Active listening will help build trust, respect, and safety with others. And this one kind of piggybacks on the ask for feedback because sometimes you can ask people if they want to receive feedback in a really respectful and kind way after you've done listening. So one of the other things you can do is you can meditate or journal. We've talked about this in I think the last two episodes is that, you know, keeping a journal or meditating can be helpful not only to clear your mind and provide a positive outlook or set a positive intention. It also helps you be able to create a resource where you can go back and look and reflect and see if anything is coming up for you that are patterns of behavior or triggers that maybe you don't um, recognize in the moment, but when you're able to go back and look at those, you can see that some of the same things keep coming up over and over and over for you. Another one is being aware of others' perspectives. And this one is a really important one because when you become more consciously aware of how others perceive things, it's going to train your brain to listen more, to ask more in-depth questions, and to develop a deeper understanding of how differing worldviews impact how people engage and communicate with others. Another one is to not make assumptions. Really take time to consider all aspects of a situation before jumping to conclusions. Ask yourself, is there anything about this person or the environment or the situation that's affecting my emotions and maybe is impacting the way that I'm going to react? This is one that I really like, and I think it's just because it's really familiar, is to agree to disagree. I have to pay attention to how I disagree with others. I always try to listen respectfully and allow myself to walk away from a disagreement, not feeling the need to defend my point of view. And when you learn to do this, I think you might be surprised how stepping away can change and how you feel moving forward. When you let go of having to be right 
or prove your point, it's actually very freeing in the sense of being able to just accept the situation for it was and not carrying it with you. Here's one that we all do, or I would argue most people do, and it's done with really good intention. So this one's a really good one that I think could be a good one for people who are just starting to develop their EQ to focus on. And it's one that a lot of books called relating. And what actually happens in this situation is that you steal a conversation inadvertently by attempting to show that you can relate to a person who is sharing something with you. So saying the words like me too can sometimes make the other person feel dismissive or that um, you are trying to create like a bit of a competition with that person. So I think most people always try to do this with very good intention. And if your body language is also showing that you're leaning in and you're making eye contact and you're nodding, most people will recognize that that's probably the place it's coming from. However, if someone is under a great deal of stress or they're quite emotional, they may not pick up on your body language in that way. And that could be a trigger for them as well if they hear you say, me too, and feel that they're being dismissed. So just be cognizant of that. And then the one we just talked about and the most obvious is your body language. So nonverbal body language is the most revealing about how you're feeling and thinking. This one you need to ask for feedback on because you may not be aware of your facial expressions, your tone of voice, and the body language that you're using and what that is saying to others. And here's an example. Personally, I wasn't really aware of this until about a year and a half ago. So here's an example. My husband sometimes tells me that I have lemon face. And I didn't know what that meant. So when I asked him to explain that to me, he said, well, sometimes you're, the words that are coming out of your mouth are really nice and kind and supportive, but your face looks like you just sucked on a lemon. It's not really conveying the same message as your words. And honestly, I wasn't aware that my face was that obviously changing and not really in line with the words that I was saying. So that was really good feedback that he gave me. Okay, so I hope that those were great to get you on a start if this is a new journey for you and you're new to emotional intelligence. If you want some additional help, please reach out to me. I'm happy to work with you if this is something that you want a little bit of help with uh, or understanding where you can get more information because I have a lot of really great tools and resources that I'm happy to give to people for free if you're looking to develop specifically in this area. Okay, so because we're talking about emotional intelligence, I just need to say this. Individuals will seek opportunities to thrive. And the best way for them to thrive is by meeting psychological needs for autonomy, well-being, and where they feel that they can relate with other people, they feel supported, and there's a sense of meaning and purpose in their work. When these values are clear and people have meaning in their work, they're more likely to stay with an organization and to do more than what is required of them because they feel that they are 
part of a bigger whole. So as a leader, your role is to take actions that are going to help you understand people, their value systems, and how those will align with your organization so that their work has meaning and purpose and that the work is clear and they know that every contribution they make matters. When this is done, you'll achieve the positive well-being and you'll also be well on your way to have developed a really strong foundation of emotional intelligence. One of the ways that you can help somebody achieve or feel as though their well-being is being maintained is by demonstrating empathy. Empathy is a form of humility that is vital to all good leaders. One of the fastest ways that you can make people feel that their positive well-being is being achieved is through empathy. Now, empathy is a form of humility that is extremely vital to all good leaders. And there's three components of empathy. So there's cognitive, which is the ability to see someone else's perspective. There's emotional empathy, which is the ability to feel another person's emotions. And then there's compassionate, which is the ability to feel emotions of others and feel compelled to take action. A strong culture of compassion in the workplace will automatically improve the quality of service delivery as well as your employee retention and your engagement. So as a leader, you can start getting really curious. One of the reasons I recommend all leaders get out of their office every single day and make connections with people that they don't know well is so that they can start to create a culture of compassion and that that no like and trust factor is important. And when you can start to create that and people relate to you, it is the fastest way that you can build trust with somebody. The other thing that you can do is to admit when you don't know something and ask someone for help. This shows a great deal of humility and vulnerability. If you show people what it looks like when you don't know what the next right step is, they will have a lot of respect for you for putting yourself in that position. Ask yourself the same questions that we're asking for others to give us as feedback. Like, how could I improve in this situation or what opportunities did I miss here? Listen to people and don't interrupt them. Be open to new and different ideas and apologize if you've hurt someone's feelings by what you've said, even if you didn't mean to do it. And that might mean that you need to examine your bias. When you're talking to someone who comes from a different background than you or has different lived experiences, acknowledging those differences and trying to find the similarities is a sign of tremendous leadership. Okay, so this kind of brings us to the work of Kim Scott. And I don't know if any of you know Kim Scott, but Kim Scott created a concept um, called Radical candor and kim scott says to have good relationships you need to care about others as human beings it's not just business it's personal okay so let's get into radical candor a little bit in the work of kim scott because this totally applies to the topic of emotional intelligence so radical candor encourages growth and change 
because what happens is, is you start to understand the goals and aspirations of people that you lead outside of their work. People feel most heard, valued, and appreciated when you ask them questions that relate to their personal life or what's really important to them outside of work. So there's four primary parts of Kim's model. There's a section called obnoxious aggression, and this is what is like called brutal honesty. And when you confront someone in a challenging way and don't demonstrate that you care about them or the message that they're going to take away from that. And this is where people get defensive and there's little change and opportunity for change. Then there's also a section called manipulative insecurity. And this is an area that develops a great deal of mistrust. And again, no change will happen in this section. This is what most would associate with um, that backstabbing or passive aggressive behavior. It's praise that's really insincere and flattery to a person's face, but then someone might be really talking negatively about them behind their back. Then there's a section called ruinous empathy. And this is when you want to spare someone's short-term feelings, so you don't tell them exactly what they need to know to improve. So it's praise that isn't specific enough to help the person understand what was really good or enough criticism that helps them understand how they can do better. It might feel kind of safe and that you've, you know, kind of smoothed out the edges, but it's actually not helpful to that person. And again, little change happens. So where she argues the most change happens is during this section of radical candor. And in that section is when you are fully embracing the uh, humanity of how you lead people and you are telling people in a very caring and non-judgmental language when their work is falling short. So she believes that great leaders get past their own fears of having challenging conversations for fear of having conflict with another person. And that if you provide feedback with the best intention in a respectful way, with empathy and humility, people will be aware of that. But if there's even a hint of judgment, then it's not going to be perceived as kind or credible. So the research tells us that the thing that people want most is to feel seen and to have the gift of someone else who will hold space for them in a safe and non-judgmental way. When you are able to meet someone in that way, as a leader, you're fully present and you have an open heart. It is the most, I believe, admirable, vulnerable, and demonstration of true leadership. And this is demonstration of integrity at its finest. Emotional intelligence is embodying empathy. It's being open and having self-confidence to trust yourself and trust others. Positive leadership encourages, empowers, and energizes people. Negative leadership will drain, discourage, deplete, and demoralize people. That means that Every time you engage with someone, you set the tone. You get to decide how that conversation is going to go. And how do you do that? Well, 
show people that you genuinely care. This goes back to that piece around active listening. Do what you can to get to know them. Show compassion. When people are struggling, try to find out why. Pull them aside when it feels right and in a private and respectful way and ask them, hey, I see that you looked like you were having a hard time. Is there anything I can do to help you? Support people to have a voice. Advocate. Encourage people. Empower them to speak up when they see that something is happening that they either don't like, don't understand, or isn't in line with their personal or organizational values. Be fair. Treat everyone the same with respect and dignity. And the two that I think are most important are focus on the strengths of people rather than on areas that they can improve and bring a high level of energy to work. If you're not bringing the energy, then why should anyone else around you? Enthusiasm is contagious and it's a great motivator. And I've said before that I believe that Leadership is an exchange of energy between two people. If I bring a low level of of energy to the table, most people are going to, at a maximum, they're going to match my level of energy. They're not going to exceed it. So if I want to foster positivity, embrace compassion and empathy and humility and kindness and fun and focusing on the strengths of other people, then that has to be felt in my energy. I need to be showing up with that energy exuding for me so that people can feel it and they will match it. They will rise to that. And together, you will start to see that change will happen. Okay, so we're reaching the end of this week's episode. But as always, I like to give you something that you can take away from this and practice or bring to your workplace and do as a group activity that you can journal or reflect on in private, whatever feels right for you. So the activity is called the circle of influence. And if you're interested in getting a copy of this, it's a PDF and I'm happy to send it to you. You just need to reach out to me directly. This is a PDF that I use in many different ways when I'm teaching about leadership, but I started using it in my eight week online leadership program that I have that's called lead from within because knowing who is in your circle of influence will help you make deeper connections and bring your authentic self to those interactions because you know that you can be yourself. So what you can do for this exercise is get out a pen and paper And I'm going to give you six questions to ask yourself. And I'll put these in the show notes so that you have them and you can refer back to them. So the first question is, who listens when I talk? The second is, who asks for my advice? The third question is, who respects my experience? Number four is, who follows my recommendations? Number five is who shares positive things about me with others? And the last is, who values my time? So once you've had a chance to reflect on those questions and write down the names of people who um, resonate or who come up for you in each of those six questions, it allows you then to start to acknowledge who those people are where you can start by making deeper connections, because you know it's safe to do so. You already feel 
that they are there to support you, to encourage you, to see you grow and develop, and they want the best for you. It also is a really great exercise for you to see how many people you have in your circle that are there to support you and that you're not doing this alone. And that on the really hard days, you do have people who will be there to support you. The final thing I'll leave you with today, and this was something that I learned when I worked for an organization years ago. And one of the core values of their organization is that feedback is a gift. And this was critical to creating an environment where people truly supported one another because they understood that as a core value, when, was, when someone was asking to have a conversation that was maybe difficult or continue a difficult conversation, it wasn't because they were trying to be critical. It was because they wanted that person to be successful and they wanted to be part of that person's success. And I thought that was just such a wonderful way to look at giving feedback for both the receiver and the giver. I hope that you have a wonderful week and that this was time well spent for you. I think we've reached the 10th episode now. And listen, this is just going to keep getting better. I'm new at this. I've never podcasted before. So listen, I'm all for feedback. If you have suggestions that you think are going to make these podcast episodes better, please feel free to reach out in the comments or DM me on any platform where you can find me, which is in the show notes. And please let me know if you have some feedback and things I can do better or differently. I'm really just sort of figuring this out as I go and it feels a bit clunky and not supernatural yet, but I know it's going to get better. And I appreciate for those of you who are listening in and you've kind of just, you know, you're having fun and you've gotten on the train and we're going for a ride together. I hope you have a great week. I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Lead From Within podcast. For more information on leadership, employee engagement, and self-care, you can follow me on Instagram, Curious Consulting. Curious is spelt C-U-R-I-S. So that's Curious underscore consulting. Click on the link tree link at the top of my bio for a free discovery call with me and to get some free downloads. You can also join the Lead From Within Facebook group, or you can visit my website at www.curisconsulting.ca. If you feel inspired to, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. Your support is greatly appreciated. Thanks again for tuning in and see you in the next episode.